Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael Albrecht here again. Uh, we're at the uh, tail end of TA16 on the Gold Coast, just uh, basically going through the phase of uh, final interviews with the peer mentors and uh, using it as an opportunity, as, you, as we always do, to sit down with our participants and uh, have a bit of a chat with them about their story. So first cab off the rank is uh, Gavin Tunstall. G'day. Also known as Gav. Yeah. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. Welcome to the podcast. Nice, nice to be here. Mate, you look like you're in your element. You're uh, a surfy kind of guy by background, and you've definitely uh, embraced being on the on the Gold Coast. So, mate, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. And um, look, maybe what we'll always do is uh, just so the people out there get an understanding of yourself, is just have a bit of a um, insight into what your career entailed and where you ended up. Mm-hmm. I joined in the fifteenth of April, two thousand five, uh-huh. as a uh, infantry soldier. Uh, I joined infantry because I couldn't get into engineers. Um, I went through Kapuka as an infantry soldier and trade transferred because my my desire was to be a dog handler. Okay. Um, so left Kapuka as an engineer. Did my IETs. Um, every combat engineer from my IETs was put straight into a unit called the Incident Response Regiment. Yep. Um, it was like a uh, engineer regiment that was part of special operations. Like just attached to those guys. Yep, yep. Nice one. And that sort of would have taken you overseas a few times, I imagine? Uh, yeah, it was the most active part of my service. Yep. Those three years, so I went to um, Singapore and um, USA, Canada, Afghanistan. Wow. That sounds like a lot of training. Lots of, lots of training and a lot of um, the Afghanistan deployment was an active service deployment. But yeah. All the rest yep. was... Uh, Training for deployments. It sounds like you certainly got around. And aside from IRR, what uh, what other units did you end up in? Um, after IRR, I realised that combat wasn't uh, something that was natural for me. Yep. If I was to be uh, honest with myself as a soldier, my um, military career lay somewhere else. So, okay. um, I chose to concentrate on my family. Mm-hmm. I had three children. Wanted to be a father more than I wanted to be anything. Yep. And I put myself in a unit, a construction unit that let me uh, be an active father. Cool. And which unit did that end up being? Uh, 17 Construction Squadron, part of uh, Six Engineer Support Regiment. Where, they're Brisbane? They were in Sydney, but they're now in Amberley. Oh, okay. Yep. So they moved up to sunny Queensland. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. And is that where you ended up, sort of at the tail end of your career? Uh, I, the year they moved, I got uh, a posting to the School of Military Engineering. Yep. I'd found a uh, love of um, soil mechanics. Soil mechanics. Yeah. Okay. And uh, at uh, the Military Engineering School, I really enjoyed teaching people. And um, I enjoyed teaching people who struggled to get the information okay. across. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Excellent, mate. Mm. Sounds like a pretty uh, well-balanced career and... Uh, what um, what sort of prompted you to get out of the military entirely? Was it more family orientated um, sort of narrative? Or I struggled with what I uh, saw in Afghanistan. Okay, um, it was quite controversial what I saw and the way I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I mentioned it after the contact. Uh, I felt ostracised because the way I saw it was different to the way everyone else saw it. Mm. It's uh, unfortunately a very increasingly common thing where we're finding out about it more yeah. and more, aren't we? It's hard to know what to say because yeah, yeah. 
um, things that happen there. Uh, I was told by a CO of um, a special operations unit that it never happened, mm-hmm. and I wasn't to talk about it. Yep, yep. which made me ashamed of my service. Mm-hmm. I felt like something had happened that shouldn't have happened. Yep. If if what happened happened, it shouldn't be something that I'm not allowed to talk about. Mm. Well, you know, you don't have to, of course, go into any details. That's not the purpose of yeah. of these podcasts yeah. is to try and um, name and shame anyone. But yeah, I really love right. that you've brought it up because there's a lot of people out there, especially with what's going on in Afghanistan with both the Raritan report, but also you know, with what's happening with it sort of falling back to the Talibs is that these sorts of things are boiling to the surface mm. a lot for a lot of people, perhaps even more than they were before. Mm. So I really uh, appreciate you, you know, sharing that. And if there's anything else you want to sort of expand on that, feel free to, otherwise we can... We can no, I think that's yeah. enough. I think more yeah. detail will just be make it more complicated. Absolutely. No, fully respect that, mate. And uh, and so that was the, kind of the beginning and the end for your sort of ambition to stay in, stay in the service. Uh, I... I didn't realise until partway through this Timor Awakening session that it was it was uh, something that hurt my heart, something that um, um, hurt my soul. I wasn't really connected with that side of myself at the time, so it came out in anger and violence. Okay, came out in uh, focusing all my attention into building myself into the strongest, biggest soldier that I could become. Um, uh, unhealthy attachment to weights. Yep. Um, taking steroids. Um, it was like I was building armour around the hurt. It's exactly what I was just envisioning. Yep. Mm. And it's not until this program that you've realised that? Well, the start of it happened when... I injured my shoulder. I had to have a shoulder reconstruction. I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't do a push-up. I couldn't do a heave. And I knew my muscles were going to disappear, so I had to come to terms with that. A mm. uh, brief period of alcohol and drugs. I've never struggled with that kind of addiction. I've always had a strong sense of purpose. Um, I got myself off the lounge. A friend of mine sent me a book about ultramarathons, and I didn't know they existed and I looked at the people and thought, these people are amazing. I didn't know anyone could travel that far by foot. So my love of discovering endurance and how far can I push myself? Mm. Where's my wall? Where will I give up? Um, that awakened something in me to um, focus my attention on. But through that journey, I also discovered that I was hiding myself away in that activity. Yep. Um, I only realised after I broke my leg and couldn't do it anymore that I'd been avoiding my family. Um, I'd been sinking myself into something to make myself fit and strong again, to feel capable, but uh, ostracising myself, spending, spending long hours on my own in the bush. And even though that was a, a healthy activity that made me feel good, it also um, it was starting to destroy my family life. So I'm a, I'm a proud father of three beautiful daughters, but um, I've also experienced a lot of violence in my life, starting from my childhood. And that generational violence um, followed me it was something that I was good at in the army. It was called um, 
being confident. And um, yeah, I I used that the wrong way. I hurt my family. Um, I carried shame for a long time. But I've learned to work through that shame and actually look at what I've done and look at who I've hurt and look at how I can help people from that rather than sit down and feel sorry for myself. Mm. How can I use my life experiences to do some good? It takes a lot of guts to do that. Mm. I only learnt that yesterday. Wow. This program has been like a a life... Well, it's called Timor Awakening. I feel like I woke up and can fully see what I want for my future. Wow. I've been given so many tools in this program that I didn't have. And I think if you give people the tools to succeed, they have the tools to succeed. If they don't have them, they, mm. they're kind of wandering around not knowing what they should be doing. And if you don't mind me asking what kind of has been, you know, it was mentioned before by Michael, it will cover it later this afternoon in the final circle time, but, you know, what has been your team or awakening? Um, one of the veterans who served in Vietnam told his story and it was the first time I'd heard from another soldier about a moral injury or something that he had done during his service that he'd felt was immoral um, and something he'd struggled with his whole life and something that had destroyed his family, something that had ostracised him from his children. And it struck a chord with me of sameness and uh, we've had a few good talks and we're, we're talking again. And also listening to Nikki yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what her exact title is. but Nikki Jamison, yeah, she's a moral injury suicidologist expert, yep. Her talk about moral injury was the first time I've actually heard anyone. I've heard the term. Mm-hmm. I've been told I have it, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I plan to get in contact with her and yeah. get some help with that. We can facilitate that, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to imagine what someone listening to this is, is thinking, you know. I'd, I'd imagine that um, quite confident, actually, that you would have piqued the interest of quite a few people if they served in that campaign or other campaigns where, you know, the similar trend happens. Like, what would be your advice for them? I did 10 weeks of exposure therapy, which I've just found out. Um, if you have a moral injury, it does more harm. Um, that put me into a tailspin. Right. It was great to meet Nikki to realise what I'd done wrong and what I need to do right. Um, I think this program gives people who are searching um, something to aim at. Maybe if they haven't found their purpose, mm. it shows them purpose. Meeting... Um, Retired Major McStone, he's he's inspirational. Mm. What he's doing is amazing. And he's doing it without any official help, without any funding from government. He's just, he's he inspires me. Cool, isn't it? Mm. And it uh, sounds like there's a few people who've inspired you now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got mates who I know need help. Yeah. Who have talked to me about their mental illness but don't really want to go into details. It's... I think maybe for a lot of strong Australian men, it's it's a uh, it's a hard thing to talk about. Yep, that's stoicism. Yeah, but um, 
I've found more release, more freedom in being true to myself, hmm. um, telling my honesty, being open. And uh, I've found that openness has given me connection with people who can help me in my, in my life rather than trying to bottle it all up and make myself strong and not tell anybody. Hmm. I was alone. I'm not alone anymore. Amazing, mate. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts even just to show up to this program, you know, admit that you need it, um, to stay the course and actually finish it, which you're about to do. Um, you know, ride those highs and lows, which there are in every program. Everyone has goods and good and bad days. Um, well, yeah. it piqued my interest to want to talk to you because if I hadn't have met my psychologist who hadn't put me onto Gary Stone who hadn't met me in the gym with the VHA guys, who hadn't put me on to Scott McAndrew, who hadn't spent the day with me to, to buy me lunch when I had no money and reach out to me and tell me about Timor Awakening. Mm. And then with Rowena Langham following me out, reminding me, my memory isn't the best. You haven't submitted your forms. It's just they want you here. Mm. Mm. I had a bit of a patch even before separation, where I didn't feel like I belonged to anything anymore. And finding a group of people who want you to be around is powerful. People that genuinely care. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I love it, love it. And um, I had a quick, yes, that's what I was going to say. It was more of a statement than a question, really. Um, what that sort of jumped out to me is that you said there was, like, there was some serendipity, right? It was like you were at the gym, Um probably not expecting to get spoken to by anyone. No. And then it was just a chain of events. One conversation led to another, which led to another, which has led you here, right? And so for me, the takeaway from that is just like, you just got to get out there. That's right. No, no matter what it is. Yep. I resisted the help. Yep. I ignored Gary. Gary reached out to me four or five times. Yep. He never pressured me. He just kept offering me something that he knew I needed mm. and I didn't want it. And it took a while for me to actually give in mm. and accept it. But, um, hmm. yeah, I'd, I don't know where my life would have gone without this. Yep. And I know it's going to go to somewhere good now. Excellent, man. Yeah, I'm confident of that. That was going to be my next question. What, what is next for you at this stage from what you can see? I feel like I have something to pass on in the world of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. How to heal from it. Mm-hmm. How to own up to it. How to apologise to the people who you've hurt and how to maybe offer some uh, guidance to people who are maybe going through it and haven't admitted to it yet and uh, to find some healing for myself and some f- healing for my family who I've hurt. I just want to explore that that realm, find, find some love in my life again. Amazing, mate. Mm. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's... Uh you know, I can see how you know, challenging this is for you and I really just want to honour you for stepping up and doing it and saying these things because even if it only just changes one person who's listening, that's worth it. But you know, I have no doubt it'll yeah. reach out to a wide people, a wide audience. So, mate, um, so Gavin, welcome back, mate. We just had uh, dinner on the beach. It was the final dinner of the uh, of the program and um, it sounds like there's a few few more things that have sprung to mind over the last sort of 12 hours or so to... Uh, yeah. Felt like sharing, so mate, uh, yeah, definitely keen to hear more of your thoughts. I feel like I had a bit of a breakthrough last night um, during the uh, 
sharing of our our uh, what our purpose is going to be moving forward. And since I left the military, I've been focusing on marine studies and started a marine science degree and um, didn't really have any direction. Mm. It wasn't until last night that I kind of, um, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but there's been a lot of um, abuse in my family, generational abuse from my mum's grandparents, my dad's grandparents all the way through to how we were brought up violently. Um as much as I didn't want it to happen, it kind of seeped into my family. And being charged with domestic violence, hurting your wife, hurting your daughters, it's quite shameful. And um, I held a lot of guilt and shame for ages. Uh, being on this, being on this course, and working through other methods of therapy, I've kind of. Uh, learnt to forgive myself but also wanting to research into what love is because I don't feel like I've ever really experienced a back and forth relationship where two people loved each other and treated each other well so that's what I want to learn about that's what I want to find um, I'd love to have a relationship with a woman where I can find that Amazing. Uh, be a good example to my daughters show them what a, a loving relationship looks like show them what uh, a uh, loving man looks like how he treats a woman properly how he treats his children properly Uh, give them that example so that they can grow up and know what kind of man to look for so that they have a positive life amazing mate and if and if i can do that if i can succeed in doing that and change my family's dark past and pass it on to them and maybe someone hears this is having problems can reach out and try and fix them um i think that's a worthwhile life goal absolutely that's huge mate i mean uh you know i heard you share this at the sort of final uh circle time a moment ago and it was very touching mate so i yeah, really appreciate you sharing that then and now uh because it's a huge revelation for you but i know that anyone yeah. listening to this is inspired by it, whether it's the exact same thing or it's yeah. just more inspired to do something else but yeah it's massive. Yeah. It's good to be able to share it and be comfortable with the fact that it's probably not going to be for everyone, but to share it and be happy that someone might pick it up. So yeah, I'm happy with that. It's good. Mate, I mean who could ask for a who could ask for any, any more? It doesn't always need to be something flashy or yeah. something materialistic yeah. that you have to show for it. I mean, being a role model, role model father is, mm. I mean, what's more important than that, eh? Yeah, that's right. Love it, mate. Uh, look, that's that's really, really insightful. But is there um, anything else you wanted to sort of throw out there? No, that's it. Awesome, mate. I'm really glad we came back and had these extra few minutes of chat. I think it's uh, really touching. Mm. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much. Thank you. Good on you.